I'm Laurie, and welcome to Sumo Kaboom, where we talk about all things sumo. <laughs> Sorry, I jumped on your intro there. That's all right. Sorry. I do not own it. I got just so excited because today we're talking about Akibono and skin infections. Uh, I wouldn't lead with that. Okay, we're I talking about say, Akibono uh, no, and... No, I'm going to call it American Yokozuna. And skin infections. No. I'll probably be, <laughs> like... Leaving the room because I do get lightheaded. I have no idea how you're going to connect the dots here, but we're going to let you try. All I have to say is this should tell our listeners everything they need to know about us because you are researching the majesty and the amazingness of Akibono, and mm-hmm. I yeah. am researching the magic and grossness of skin infections. Right. And sumo. Yep. Yep. Yep, that's good times. Yep. But we will hear all about that. Uh, but just heads up, if you are somebody who drives a car and gets lightheaded at hearing completely disgusting things about your health. It'll come at the end. It'll come at the end. Yep. Uh, anyway. You can just turn us off early. That's right. You'll know when we, well, you'll know when we veer off into yeah. skin infection. I mean, we're not just talking about like mild acne or anything. We're talking about... It's, oh, it's, oh, don't give them any hints. Okay. Well, I'm just saying like it is related to sumo. It it's not absolutely. like we just wanted to take a left turn and talk about skin infections. No, not at all. It's okay. definitely related to sumo. All right. Let's jump into news flash. I'd like to say we have some personal news, and that is we are taking Japanese lessons. <gasps> Finally, for yes. your ears and our ears, and for all of you who have had to hear us completely bastardize the Japanese language, I'm sure this comes as great news to you. We are set for six months of Japanese. So, uh, with that, I will say, uh, I was going to say, let's just start with weather. <laughs> We're going to be like just every morning saying, Ohayo gozaimasu. Ohayo gozaimasu. That was one I already knew. And konnichiwa is about where we're at uh, now. But we do know, Iyana o tinki desu ne. Oh, no, Iyana o tinki desu ne. So I like to kind of say it real depressing, like in the end. Anyway, that's our big personal I, news. I just learned today how to say I drink and I eat in Japanese, and so Tabimasu? yes, like and in my brain, yeah, that's where, that's where I am. Yeah, there was We're a couple at the very beginning, very basics. beginning, <laughs> very beginning. But um, that's all good. We'll get there eventually. And then hopefully it will be better on your ears, all the ears of our listeners. On to wrestler news. Okay, the wrestlers, they are getting excited about July. How can you tell? Well, Asanoyama and Kakuru, they were speaking out this last week about the upcoming tournament. And Asanoyama basically said he he realizes that his sponsors and his fans are lonely without sumo. And so he's looking forward to being in the ring again for them. And and each stable right now is still deciding on whether or not they have contact Keikos. And so Asanoyama said, I, I am reviewing the basics right now. I am polishing up my sumo and I'm regaining my senses and reflexes is kind of I'm guessing what the translation would be the ban has not been lifted on contact practice I don't believe but sometimes they are doing it within the stables I guess maybe it's kind of up to the stables anyway they haven't lifted all restrictions on all of the wrestlers they will be going into a more severe lockdown I think leading up into the July tournament okay 
Kakaru also said this week I had time to retrain my foundations oh. and the travel restrictions from prefecture to prefecture are lifted. So everyone is is right now a little bit nervous that a new wave of infections might happen. But Kakaru said all the conditions here are the same. So I hope that each of us will do the same to win the sumo. I want to make good preparations and make sumo uh, that everyone will be happy with. And as always... Just make good preparations. That's it. Mm, my heart just fluttered a little bit. I know. He's such a sweet guy. He is a sweet guy. Yeah. Well, and they have been doing antibody tests for over a thousand people. And the results of those should be coming in by the end of June. I, I don't know. When you say a thousand people, are you saying a thousand people in the sumo world? Yeah. Or? All the people oh, that would be okay. involved in going into uh, the tournament. You know, not only just the wrestlers, but coaches, other wrestlers okay. and their entourage, everybody that's involved. All of those people, over a thousand people they're testing. Okay, that's good. And so they're going to don't find a typhoid Mary in there. I know. Let's let's hope not. Oh, did you ever do a lot of research or have a lot of history on typhoid Mary? Uh, a little. Yes. She was. She really did a whammy. She really did on a bunch of people. (laughs) It died, and she was like, "I don't have it." And they're like, "You do. You do." And she's like, "I don't need to wash my hands while I'm I'm making dinner. Cooking. I'm going to keep cooking." You know what? Typhoid Mary was a real jerk. (laughs) Anyway. Like I said, let's hope there's not a Typhoid Mary in there. Let's hope. Let's hope. (laughs) Okay. So that was about it, I think, on all of the... All of the news, I'm still enjoying. Did uh, you see all the photos on Facebook? Well, they took them down now, but they were making all of the... Into the, female? Yeah. Yes. It made me... I can't unsee it. I, I love it so much. I can't unsee it either. The, like, seeing Takakesho as a girl he just, really blew my mind. They but look then, beautiful. They really do. But I also just really love the fact that they said, oh my gosh, we are not honoring these guys' privacy. We need to take this down as uh. well. I Like, I loved it both ways. Thoroughly enjoyed seeing oh, all of man. them as women and was thrilled when they took it down, too. It's like, oh, yeah, let's be nicer to our men. That's true. But they did make beautiful women. So I don't know yeah. if they would have gotten their panties in a wad about it because they look lovely. Yes, they did. All right. So this week we are talking about the American Yokozuna. Akibono. That was a round of applause from one. <laughs> from one. Chadwick Haheo Rowan. He was born May 8th, 1969 in Hawaii. Uh, Why Manolo? I start, I need to take, take lessons. Hawaiian classes yeah, too. I do. I do, apparently. Chadwick. Chadwick. Chad. Chadwick. And he grew up on Oahu, though. And as a kid, he actually, he played basketball all growing up. Kind of like Kakaru. Kakaru. Mm-hmm. All these guys. Yeah. They're and so he was, yes. and They're like multi-passionate sportsmen. Yes, they absolutely are. I mean, he was a big kid, I think, all, all along. He was the oldest of three brothers, and they were all really, really tall. And uh, going through high school, he actually got a scholarship to play at Hawaii Pacific University as a center for the basketball team. Really? Yeah, but... So he's tall. He's tall. He was like 6'5 or something like that. Whoa, uh, he's that tall? He's actually 6'8". Oh my God, at I that time, no idea. Yeah, yeah, that's why he's just oh my God, an enormous be, presence wow, that would... Not only tall, but really wide. Could you imagine him versus no. N, you know, Enho? Enho? Oh my God. I know, wow. that would be wild. 
Anyway, he actually dropped out within the year. He said he had just been, after 12 years of being in school, he just didn't want to be in school anymore. And he had thought going into college, he wanted to go into the tourism industry. Yeah. And he had this natural interest in language and culture at this point in his life. And he was um, kind of like us. Yeah. Yeah. Just way later. <laughs> but, but you know. And taller. Uh, and taller. He's much taller than we are. But, you know, Hawaii has so many Japanese people that live there. So I understand why and travel there. But there's just this natural connection between Hawaiians and Japanese people. That's just there's just a lot of contact, a lot of sharing of languages and cultures and traditions. So um, maybe he was just naturally open to Japanese culture. But he said all cultures at this point. I watched this video where he talks about how he came to go to Japan. Essentially, his grandfather had passed away and he and his younger brother were pallbearers at his grandfather's funeral. And there is a a family friend who is a local sumo scout who saw them at the funeral. These two big boys. They Mm -hmm. were like 215 or two. I don't know. They were big. They were already big at this point, but not 6'8". He was 6'5 at that point. And uh, this guy was like, Mm, who are these big kids? Because they'd be perfect for sumo. And he uh, then went around and asked everybody at his grandfather's funeral, who are those two big kids? Like he was carrying the casket. Carrying the casket. He was like, I got to know who this is because this is a sumo star in the making. This is the, the kind of interesting part about it. He was more interested in his little brother. Anyway, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a little bit more about height okay. in a second. Okay. So his father had encouraged him. He went to his father and was like, "What do you think about me doing sumo?" And his father was like, "Yeah, uh, absolutely. If you want to do this, we'll support you." And uh, at that point, the sumo scout had gotten this stable master over from Hawaii or over from Japan to come to Hawaii to kind of check out these young guys. Okay. And this was he was a stable master at Azumazeki. Bea, and his name was Jesse Kuhualua, and he had been in the 60s a really huge, huge, huge wrestler, one of the very first, actually maybe the first foreign wrestler who became a Sekiwaki, and really? he was the only one who had had a, had, a, had a stable at that point, so he was kind of legend, he was Hawaiian, but he had been in, in uh, Japan, and he had competed, he knew what it was about, okay. and he was interested in recruiting Hawaiians. And so when he first saw the both of the boys, he was immediately like, no, thank you on the taller one. I do hmm. not because apparently the taller you are, like you have really long legs and it's very easy to, to knock you over. Oh, because you and, don't get down as well. Yeah. And if People you think get about... underneath you. Yeah. And if you think about how tall Kakaru is, and they're all, what, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, six, and his brother was 6'3", that right perfect, you know, right on that limit. Okay. Well, his brother wasn't allowed to be scouted yet because in Japan, if you leave your home country and you go and you practice in Japan and you end up quitting it, you have no high school education to fall back on after you leave sumo. So they won't allow you to, they won't allow people to scout people from other countries unless they have their GED or their um, high school diploma. Chad's little brother did not have that yet? No, he did. He was two years younger than him. And this is right at his senior year. Oh, um, so he was too young. Yeah. and But this was the deal that was made. The dad said, hey, if you take the older brother for two years 
and everything goes well, great. Then we will totally allow the younger brother to come. That's the deal. You got to take the older brother first. Okay. And then the younger brother will come. Okay. And so it worked. He said, okay, I'll take the older brother. And so he packed his bags and he told him to take like two pairs of clothes, one one pair of clothes he had on and then just one other pair of clothes. That's all he said. And he left for Japan in 1988. And he said... The first six months were brutal. Um, The very first night he stayed over there, they treated him like a guest. And the next morning he woke up and somebody kicked him in the face and was like, you're now a wrestler. You're no longer a guest. And he, you know, you have to work up through this system that's kind of brutal, but it pushes you to become better because you don't want to be treated like crap. And he had a hard time learning the language. So for the first six months, he, he said he cried himself to sleep because he hadn't learned the language. And if he could learn the language, then he could make friends and it would be a lot easier but it was really really tough in the very beginning so he pushed himself and he learned Japanese and he said he asked lots of questions every single thing he asked a question about and he would parrot everything that the people would say to him like kind of like we do in our Japanese lessons he would parrot every single thing so he finally got to learn the language well somewhere after about six months in time He got stronger and better and stronger and better. And then he was putting on weight and now he's like 6'8". And yeah, he's... He's enormous. He started out in the lower ranks and he shot up through that. It was like a piece of cake. And I can kind of understand. Like a cannon. Yeah. Like even if you don't have mastery of all the kimarite, you still are going to be almost next to impossible to like... I mean, it's a matter of getting the big guy off balance. Yeah. But in the lower ranks, he was just like this force to be reckoned with that he okay. he just, no one could beat him. And so he rose through those ranks very, very quickly. He then was named, um, I guess prior to that, they gave him a name, which is Akibono, okay. which means New Dawn. New Dawn. Yeah. After he made it into the Makauchi division, he had a little bit of a, a rough run. It was a little bit rocky at first. But once he got through that, he started to really kick it up a notch. And he went from Maegashira up to Yokozuna from, he was Yokozuna at 22. He wow. started sumo at 18. He became a Yokozuna at 22. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's super fast. Yeah. He, he he basically achieved his rank remarkably fast all the way up. Even though he was tall. Even though he was tall. No one at that point had been promoted that quickly in sumo ever. And even though he was foreign. Yes. And he had had a couple of injuries uh, over the years. He had a bad knee, injured knee, which he had career-saving surgery on. He had a herniated disc. But each time, kind of, I guess, like Hakahu does, they get injured. And as a Yokozuna, you can kind of take time off. And Mm -hmm. he really uh, took time off. There was about three years in there, though, where he did not win any tournaments as a Yokozuna or like, or he had like a really long, crazy stretch over two, almost three years of not winning a tournament as a Yokozuna. That's huge. But he did win, um, what, 11 tournaments overall. And he had two fighting spirit prizes, four outstanding performance prizes. He won 566 tournaments to 198 in Makauchi. And as a Yokozuna, 432 matches to 122 as Yokozuna. So oh, wow, that was a lot of stats coming yeah. at me really fast. Yeah, I want to know, this is a guy you saw fight personally, yes. right? Yes. So what made him electrifying to watch? Well, around the same time, by the way, I, I'll back up and say, in this interview, I heard him say, he kind of became a Yokozuna 
by accident because for one reason or another, he had, he didn't have a bone to pick. He didn't like, it wasn't that he didn't like them, but Takanahana and Wakanahana were huge at the same time. And he just refused to lose to these two guys. And they were Yokozuna, like they were huge too. He was okay about losing to anyone. And as long as it wasn't those two wrestlers, he, uh, wait, what'd you ask me again? What was electrifying oh, about yes, watching that, him? Okay, yeah. So when I was there, I saw Wakanahana and I saw other wrestlers. When he walked into the dojo and did his dojo iri, he's huge. Mm-hmm. If you see the wrestlers walk around the ring, yeah, and yeah. then you see this guy who's six eight and five hundred pounds, <laughs> and he has his he has his yokozuna belt on and everything, you're just like. Holy moly. Yeah. And Papa Bear. Yeah. Well, and he has this intensity in, in the way he looks when that's truly, there's just something, this intimidation in his serious look, like his game face, that I I would never want to go up against him. So he just had that. And he learned the Japanese language. He, he was known as having a lot of grace and he was very well respected and he just carried himself kind of like a Yokozuna should. And he was American. And so I think for me at the time, I was about the same age as him starting my adulthood in Japan. And so I saw this big American kid who was a Yokozuna and it was just like, but he's like me, but he's not. He's yeah. doing, it was really. and well, I, He's like the, five years older than you, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so um, it was just something about that. Like I recognize like he had embraced this Japanese culture. And I think I did at the same time. I was living in this country. I was loving every minute of it and soaking it all up because it was so different from my upbringing. Mm-hmm. So I just, I think that that was just something cool is that this connection of like, oh, my gosh, here's this American doing like these amazing things. And he's not Japanese, but he's doing cool things. Did you ever meet him? Oh, no, no, no. During the events, are there any like autograph sessions that take place at the tournaments or anything? I don't know. I, I mean, when I went, I was so green. I didn't really know how all the festivities go. I don't know. I didn't know necessarily all of that at the time. And I, yeah, I don't know if I was interested in the time. I was just interested in getting my Akibona keychain and and (laughs) some other things, which I cannot find, but I used it for years. I love that keychain. Akibono keychain. Yeah. There should be an Akibono uh, side table lamp. There should be. Yes. That would be awesome. Yeah. A really tall one. Yes. Well, okay. So What's interesting about him is that he has this career in sumo, but after retiring, he he became a coach at his stable, the Azupazeki stable, and he went on to actually train Asashoryu um, as oh. a four who, who also became a foreign yokozuna. Yeah, and but he left that after a little while, and there's some controversy as to why he left. Mm-hmm. Partly, some people say it was a divorce. Some people say it was a restaurant that he opened that went belly up around the same time as the divorce happened. So he was kind of broke. Okay, so he. He left sumo and that world because you don't obviously make as much money when you're a coach, an elder. So he got into other types of wrestling, kind of like WWE wrestling. He was uh, the professional, all Japan professional wrestling, two-time Triple Crown heavyweight champion, two-time world tag team champion, two-time all Asia tag team champion, and he won the 2015 Champion Carnival. And I don't actually know what any of those are, but I did watch a WWE, it was Akibono 
versus Big Show. And it had over 10 million views. And it's Whoa. basically, it was sort of sad, but it was Why? also sort of awesome because it's like seeing him as a Yokozuna in the Mawashi and everything competing against this other really tall guy. And they have like a fake Gyoji, but they're not really wrestling. They're like doing you know, sumo-esque type things. The other guy was, like, shouting during the match. Like, more like a WWE experience as opposed to, like, the sumo that you revere and and what you expect from him. Yeah. And I had really mixed feelings about that, and I thought, wait, though. In listening to his interview, he said, I've always been curious. I've always wanted to be challenged. I think he made a promise to his mother way back when that he would become something. And so that kind of idea, if you get bored or if you stop learning, then you're not challenging yourself. And so he found himself in this wrestling world where he was kind of like play acting, but it provided him a very good career and made him money back. And he maybe by doing these play acting sumo, playing this role of Akibono, the Yokozuna, against all these crazy American guys who are like, I can do sumo and they clearly can't. There's something that, though, in those 10 million viewers, you know, that yeah. saw that, that they might look into sumo. They might really look into the actual traditional sport. They may not have known anything. So in some ways, he brought maybe sumo through this weird sort of avenue of WWE wrestling to a much broader audience. And he did at the time bring the popularity of sumo to the masses. I mean, it was popular within Japan, but there was something about Akibono's rise to the top and the rivalry with Wakanahana and Takanahana that brought just, it just electrified the whole sport. Yeah. So he did something in being a lightning rod for the sport in general. Well, and forgive me if you've already said this, but refresh my memory. Why did he quit professional sumo? Well, he got so injured. He got so injured. Yeah. And I mean... Okay. So... Even with his injuries, he was able to go into these other sports and still dominate there. Yeah. Was he wearing the big white ceremonial Yokozuna belt? No. In those bouts? Well, I don't, I didn't watch the beginning. I just watched the the bout itself. So I'm not sure if he paraded around, you know. With, oh, okay. So it, he probably didn't do like the traditional Yokozuna ring. I, I don't know. I would think that there would be some part of him that would be like, I can't do that. Like, okay. that would be disrespectful. Well, yeah, that was my question. It's like, how much of the traditional sumo went with him into these other worlds? Or was he, did he just say, I am a Yokozuna, but didn't bring the traditional uh, ceremonial aspect with him? Yeah, I don't think so. I think it was, like I said, like a play in some ways. Not choreographed, but like he did use... Uh, like bits uh, and pieces? Yeah, bits and pieces, you know, some arm throws, a belt, he grabbed onto the belt. But then the, there was not much of a tachi eye up top. There was like a loose tachi eye. And then they stood back looking at each other like huh. on opposite ends of the doya. And I was like, that's not how sumo works. That's, yeah. not how it, that's not how it looks. So maybe he wasn't, maybe him being far away from the actual sport in kind of this play way, he, he could justify it. Well, it must have been easier on his body. Too. I mean, yeah. if he was able to continue that for a few more years, it must have been yeah. way easier on his physique. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he did all Japan professional wrestling, so that doesn't seem to me like that's for the show. I didn't really. Oh, look, that's true. That that seemed to be more along the lines of actual wrestling, okay. just like a different. But I yeah. need to do some wrestling, just like international international sumo rather than professional sumo. Yeah, I don't. That that's the part I don't know. Okay. So maybe our listeners can help us with that. But okay. Anyway. So he did that for a while, and he's still, what did he do after that? 
he, well, here's a fun fact. He's only 51. Yeah, he's one year older than me. Yeah. He, I think, I think the injuries and time and just getting older, his body couldn't handle it. But he did have significant event where it was reported initially as like some bout of cellulitis. What? 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 But it turned out to be a cardiac event and where he was in an induced coma for over two weeks. And after that, there has he's really fallen off the map. No one has really seen him. And it's been it's been told that he doesn't really speak much, but he's in a wheelchair now. He, yeah, he, he did. He did. um he did resurface at a funeral of maybe a close stable mate or stable master. I can't remember. But I didn't see pictures from that. So part of me also didn't want to go down that avenue because I will always see him as this mm. big, huge grand champion, this huge American treasure. Yeah. And it was he, he brought this sumo sport to me um along with the other wrestlers but there was something special and i think that's why i mentioned him all the time he was just great he was like watching the usa basketball team from the 1992 olympics where it's like this is michael jordan this is scotty pippen this is larry they're all fabulous you you can't get that that was like an american thing that we had and there was something magical about seeing him you just can't get any better than those guys no he was a giant his doyuiri was giant he he had this enormous presence and and so maybe that's and for someone to do that who's an american the very first person in a lifetime of a sport that's over two thousand years that's remarkable yeah if wherever he is there's scarce information about him, but, but he's still he's, alive. He's was a badass sportsman. Okay, a legend of and American and Japanese sport, and yeah. an all time great in my book. Yeah, and he's fifty one, and, and I hope he's well. Yes, let's hope that he hangs in there. Wouldn't it be great to see him do uh, the retired? Um, oh man, the kanreki. Thank you. I was having a brain fart, a Japanese brain fart. Wouldn't it be amazing to see him do the kanreki? It would be amazing. Oh, it would be stellar. Yeah. It would be stellar. And I think one of our viewers or listeners asked us, what do you think the Japanese think about this phase of his life, the the post-sumo into this Akibono, the Yokozuna phase, uh, you know, as this kind of uh, WWE character? And I don't know. I feel like they must, he's just like gone from them once he left Japan, maybe. But anyway, that is all I have on my side, other than this uh, connection now to... Here's the link. Here's the link. Here's the link. Cellulitis. (laughs) The link is cellulitis because I found it really interesting that when Akibono had whatever this event was and he went into the hospital, I thought it was really interesting that his wife came out and said, oh, no, no, it's just cellulitis. It's just cellulitis. I have so many questions about cellulitis. (laughs) I know that sounds really weird, but why do so many wrestlers pull out of tournaments because of cellulitis? Is it... Is it truly that bad or is it just what they say? Is it an excuse for taking rest or is it really that bad? And why do so many wrestlers get it? Yokozuna seem to get it all the time. Why are guys like Akibono hospitalized for something like cellulitis? I just don't get it. Right. And that 
made me curious. And my whole reason for doing this podcast <laughs> is to look into things that make me curious. Okay? So I followed my curiosity down into a hole this week. I got really curious about skin infections because, you know, Boy, there's just nothing better than contact sports and sweaty dudes for skin infections. They just seem to go hand in hand. Sumo and skin infections. Rugby well, is this also infections. like, you know, staph infection? Exactly. That's exactly the road I'm going Why down. Why wrestlers have to always be aware of that. And like from a very young age, like kids in high school are getting staph infections when they're wrestling on mats. They have to be really good about it being clean. Yes. Yes. That's exactly the road I'm going down. So for anyone out there who's really interested in this, like me... <laughs> <laughs> Not really... me, but uh, <laughs> gonna have to listen. There's a really wonderful Discovery Magazine article about all the different kinds of skin infections you can get from contact sports. And just reading the article made me never ever want to touch another human person as long as I live. <laughs> Not only that, but we're living in the world of COVID. So I'm like, I, I, I just got back from the store and I'm like, I'm covered in COVID. I'm covered. I, I just must clean. Yeah. Okay. So there's the usual subjects that you would think of. Like if you think of young men wrestling each other, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, somebody in there's got to have athlete's foot. Somebody in there's got to have jock itch. Or in this world, we would call it mawashi itch. <laughs> and somebody... they never wash the mawashi. I so... know. So it's got to be even worse. So it's got to be terrible. Yes. We so, could, if we just call like them up that. and we're like, hey, guys, wash the mawashis and then the cellulitis might not be as big might a deal. Might not be as bad. <laughs> right? Take it from me. <laughs> so those those are pretty usual things. They're found all over in like high school wrestling gyms things and, and things like ringworm. I'm just going to save you oh. now. You don't need to Google these images because no, I've done it for don't. you. No, please don't. And, and actually, really if you're gross. driving, just pull over. It's not like, that bad. Or, or tune out. It's if you're not in... that bad. Just know <sighs> that rubbing of sweaty bodies one upon another, smearing your face into the chest of someone else at high speeds, all of that is a perfect recipe for sharing bacterial disease. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yum. Yum. Or perhaps it's the sharing Not of towels. Yum. Perhaps <laughs> it's the yum. sharing of the cup of water on the actual doyo itself. Maybe it's the burns you get when somebody flips you over on the, on the doyo and you land on your butt. You know what I actually think it is? What? In quarantine, you've started making kombucha, and so you're very fascinated just with yeast growing. I totally and, I and think bacteria that this comes from. This is an offshoot yes. of my kombucha interest. Yes, I think there's <laughs> a lot of interest in how yeast naturally exists in our flora and fauna. Well, not only that, I mean, I was an EMT for a while. You know, yeah. I do have this an interest in yes. health and bodies, yes, and all do. of this goes yes. hand in hand. And I, it turns out, am really interested in sweaty dudes. <laughs> Who are like so into running into each other at high speeds that they're willing to be infected by all sorts of nasty things in order to do the sport. Okay? Cellulitis is a skin infection. All okay. of us can get it really pretty easily. It's a bacterial skin infection. And it's a super, super common one for people that play high contact sports. You get some sort of scratch or crack in your skin. Uh, like a yes. bug bite. Okay, yes, and I'm going to remember that. Parking lot that. Okay. I'm going to come back to that. Okay. Okay, so you get a scratch in your skin and bacteria get in, strep or staph. Okay. Gets in, and it causes an infection. Okay. Your skin gets inflamed. Okay. Turns red, swells up really big. It doesn't yep. sound too nasty, right? It gets warm to the touch. Maybe you start to get a fever, and it you know usually happens in your extremities. Like, it's really common... 
oh, like if you work out in the garden, it's common for gardeners to get it. Like they get, they get a cut in their hand and it gets a little infected. Or like where I used to live in the desert, people would walk around wearing thongs all the time, like the thongs on your feet. Yeah. And the their heels would get all like really dry, and you get those cracks in your heels. Yeah. That is what happens for sumo wrestlers. So their feet get really dry, especially if they're working on clay all the time. Right. And they're pushing off at high speeds and like they're heavy dudes, big feet, and they're pushing off towards each other and their heels get dried. Also, they're throwing salt into the ring to to get rid of the impurities, which is also another drying agent. So their feet get really dry. Yeah. And they crack. Salt pulls water out of everything. Exactly. You'd know that if you make cucumber salad like I do. Exactly. That's a perfect example. Yeah, salt. Salt your cucumbers. So they're pickling their feet. Basically. (laughs) In the ring. Okay. And plus they have that last exercise where they push the biggest guy in the ring across the floor until they all pass out. Exactly. All of that is very foot intensive and it pulls moisture out of your feet. So they get really dry feet and they're probably not taking the best care of their feet. And it's really easy to get. In fact, I didn't realize until I started doing this research, I've had cellulitis. Oh. When I was in New Zealand, mm-hmm. I got what I thought was a bug bite or a scratch or something on my ankle. And it, you know, looked a little red. It swelled up. I put some Neosporin on it. And I just thought, no, uh, it's no big deal. No big deal. It was a couple days. It got redder and redder. But I thought it would go away. And then I woke up one morning and suddenly I could not put any weight on that foot. Oh, wow. At all. I couldn't walk on it. And there was a big red streak Uh-oh. coming up. Up my foot towards my knee and that's when I went to the doctor and the nurse was like Uh-oh. her eyes got really big when she saw it she was like okay. immediately start taking like she gave me the biggest honk and antibiotics I've ever seen in my life immediately she said you start taking these and if these if that red streak is not gone in 24 hours you go immediately to the ER you don't come back to me you go to the ER you wow. have 24 hours oh my gosh yeah so I guess what I found so surprising is I didn't realize what a serious thing yeah, because it can lead to sepsis, is. right? It, yes, it's potentially super, super serious. Left untreated, it can spread to your lymph nodes, your bloodstream, necrotiding fasciitis, which is what mom had, gangrene. Oh, you, no. It can get so bad. You can that lose it, a leg? It, it like, yes, you get a leg oh amputated gosh. because you start to rot from the inside oh, out. All right. I mean, all it, right. and the only way to treat it is antibiotics. Which means, and to make this worse, once you get it once, you're You're more susceptible susceptible. to getting it again. And every time you get it, you have to take antibiotics, which means... for 10 days. Yes, and you have to rest and take antibiotics, which means that anybody who has cellulitis, especially if it's a recurring one, it's a great thing if they're pulling out of a tournament and saying, oh, i got to take my antibiotics again. Because... If it keeps recurring and keeps recurring, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to be on antibiotics for the rest of your life. Oh, no. Yes. I mean, they do that with like people who have people have recurring UTIs. You have to take small dose antibiotics for the rest of your lives. Same things with cellulitis. Wow. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. Is that what's wrong with Tochinoshin's butt? We're going to get there. Okay. We're going to get there. that's really the only question I have. Okay. We're getting there. Hold on. Hold on. I just want to say sumo wrestlers... (laughs) What also makes you prone for cellulitis? Diabetes. Right. Uh, because foot care is really important for a diabetic. Well, right, right, right. Yeah. right. Obesity and not well, every... We don't exactly understand why diabetics end up having... Because their I mean, just... circulation isn't oh, as great. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. 
Yeah, yeah it's just sense. harder for things to circulate in their bodies. Right. Um, obesity is another one. Mm-hmm. You're more prone for cellulitis if you're obese. And not every sumo wrestler is obese at all. Right. But some of them are borderline or right. maybe over. So they're more prone for cellulitis. I mean, big guys, contact sports, barefoot A lot dudes. of sweat. Uh, yeah. And the only way to let it heal is to bandage it up, rest, and take antibiotics. So that means the next time I see anyone on that doyo with their feet bandaged up, I'm going to be like, aha! They're taking good care of their extremities, and they they're probably have... taking care of cellulitis and keeping it from getting worse. Or, and that's great. Or like wrapping their ankle. because got... Maybe, if it's yeah. their ankle, but... Have you seen them in the socks? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think the socks are a part of keeping your feet moist and keeping any more bacteria from getting into your skin. Hmm. Like if you start to get a bout of cellulitis and you want to catch it at its beginning, I think you can wear a sock to do that. Wow. That's totally a guess. It's a good guess. So anyway, the last thing you want is cellulitis that becomes like antibacterial resistant. You don't right. want like, because and that's out that's there. Scary. You can get MRSA and then you're just toast. Yeah. You're just shit out of luck. Yeah. I don't want my Yokozunas to go down with MRSA no. because of a crack in their heel. No. I mean, how ridiculous would that be? That would be terrible. Hi, yeah, 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 yeah. So let's just hope our sumo wrestlers are cleaning their wounds daily with soap and water. <laughs> They're Changing applying... them or washing. Yes. They're applying them protective cream. <laughs> They're watching for well, signs of infection. Yes, as we should all do. And I will say, since I looked into all this stuff, I've been really good about putting lotion on my feet ever since. Oh, because I'm we terrible. all need to. I have terrible feet. I just have never been so aware of cracks in my heels in my whole life. You're not hanging out with a bunch of really sweaty, heavy dudes. No, though. I'm not. It, I but mean, still. much to your chagrin, I'm sure you would like to be. <laughs> I'm not sure after this week's research. Yeah, I don't know if anybody wants to hug a sweaty sumo wrestler <laughs> now, being like, oh, God, oh, yeah, the yeah. bacteria. Okay, importantly, you cannot give cellulitis to anyone else oh. unless it's like open wound to open wound oh. contact, Ugh. which we really hope that never <laughs> happens. <laughs> okay? Like, it can Ugh. happen, but it's really rare. And it, it seems fairly straightforward, all the cellulitis stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It just demands attention, stop wrestling when it becomes a problem, take some antibiotics, mm-hmm. but that doesn't seem to account for Tochinoshin's butt. So we what's don't happening there? Know what's happening okay. to butt? So I a got couple to things, know. Yeah, a couple things I want to point out. One, the band-aids are always there. At the same place. No. The band-aids move around on his ass. <laughs> But they're always there during a tournament. I believe I have never seen him wrestle without the band-aids. I've never seen a bear butt on Tochinoshin. Okay. So that would, I think, keep cellulitis off the table. Because cellulitis, you can get cellulitis on your ass, I imagine, but it should get better and go away. Right. Right? You're always going to have one crack on your butt. But <laughs> if it's cellulitis from a crack, it'd That's be a different That's not the crack, crack you want in your butt. <laughs> right. There's some good cracks and there's some bad cracks. There's a bad crack. So this is a bad crack. Okay. Two. <laughs> that leads me to believe that he's trying to keep something covered. Could be a tattoo. Except that what like a constellation? Like what maybe. would it be? Right? Yeah, I don't know. But because the band-aids keep moving around, does not seem like it's a tattoo. Maybe it is, but I assume not. Assume not. Some have suggested steroids. 
Yeah, but they're not allowed to do that. Exactly. That's my thought with steroids. The JSA, I would think, would come down really hard and heavy on anyone using steroids. And if they see any obvious signs of steroids, I think they would have... I yeah, think he they doesn't would take have a lot of back acne or anything else, which you typically see with... With steroids? With steroids. I have no idea. I've not looked into steroids. We should ask Lance. See what happens. I know. Poor Lance. I know. Made some so, real crappy life choices, uh, yeah, Lance did. did. Poor guy. Poor Lance Armstrong. Poor bad judgment. Uh, so, that leads me to, he must be hiding something. What could he be hiding? In his butt? Yes, on his butt. And this took me like into a really dark hole of disgusting photos online. Of all the things. I'm glad it was you and not me. All the things that could be Are you one of those weird people that likes that pimple popper show? I've not seen the show, but I do like popping someone else's pimples. Oh, gross. I haven't done it in a long time. Pull over your car, please. (laughs) It's only going to get worse from here. No, this isn't that bad. Okay, but my guess is that under those Band-Aids is something that can probably be spread from skin-to-skin contact. My guess is it's something... It might be poison ivy. <laughs> I did not look up poison ivy. It could be poison oak, poison ivy. All right. I'm going to add that to the list. You just keep sitting so, in it. Really? <laughs> uh, my guess is, though, he's trying to keep others safe. Okay? Yeah. Which makes me like him a lot because he doesn't want someone else to get whatever buckshot. is on his ass. Maybe it's buckshot. Maybe. Like maybe somewhere along the line, somebody took a shotgun and he's got shrapnel in his butt. I would think they would have dug that out. But here's my guess. My guess is, and this is a common disease for wrestlers in particular, and rugby dudes, herpes gladiatorum, which is also called scrum pox. It's basically herpes simplex one. It's cold sores. Oh. But you don't get them around your mouth. You get it on your butt? You get them on your butt or your back or your arms. Or if you're a high school wrestler, you get them all over your face. Really? In your arm and your shoulder. Super, super common. They did some studies of high school wrestlers, and they're, they're saying that 30% of them are infected with this herpes and virus. they all have it. They just don't know it. The only thing you can do is sit it out and wait for them to heal. But if you're involved in sumo and you can't sit out a tournament whenever you get an outbreak, I would guess you just cover them up with Band-Aids. Keep other people from touching them. Yeah, because wherever you sit with your naked butt, somebody else sits with their naked butt. Exactly. Well, that's then very nice and considerate. Yes. Because some of those guys have very, very smooth, beautiful behinds. I know. You don't want to give them herpes anywhere. We should look at his stable mates to see if any of them have herpes. Well, yes. Not only that, but what I keep thinking of, okay, let's say you're, you're wrestling... Tochin Ocean and you go for his belt, your hands are going right into that territory where potentially has cold sores on his ass. And if <laughs> and you hit a band-aid instead, you're probably like, oh, thank God, Tochi. Right. Thank God. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing when that. You take that finger and scratch your face. Exactly. Cold sores. So that's my thought. Is Tochin okay. Ocean is keeping right. his fellow wrestlers safe. All right. And he probably has something like that. <sighs> so with that, listeners. Keep your feet lubed up with lotion. <laughs> Take care of small cuts immediately. Don't sit down after anyone who has a bear behind with band-aids on it. Well, or or, or if you actually, do, just be wary. Band-aids is okay. Just be wary. If cautious. you see weepy, blister-covered <laughs> sores on someone's ass, don't sit down on the same bench. And if you wrestle, please keep yourself clean. Cover up your sores. Take care of your athlete's feet. Please keep from spreading disease. 
to your teammates. Yeah. People will love you for that. Well, the thing is, we haven't done a lot of wrestling ourselves. So people who are wrestlers listening to this, they're like, yeah, so what? Big deal. And, and we're not making fun of you. We're just like, we had no idea that that could happen. And, <laughs> I really and didn't. There, it just started all with a curiosity that's been bugging me for as long as I've been watching Tochinoshin, what's wrong with his butt? Well, and now, that and my curiosity about what is the cellulitis? Why do people keep leaving with cellulitis? Yeah. And I am never going to side-eye anybody again if they if they step out because of cellulitis. From yeah. this point on, I'm going to be like, good for you. Take good care of yourself. Don't let anybody shoot you down because you're amazing. That's right. You're amazing. All right. I think that's it. Yeah, that is. That is it. That is our style of sumo here at Sumo Kaboom. Thank you so much for listening. Yes, please tune in again for more info on the sport we love. Uh, until next week. Oh, before oh, then, join us online. Oh, yeah. yeah Find us on the socials. Connect up with us. Tell your friends. Tell people all about us. We love the comments that we're reading online. We love it when people find us. And we love seeing where everyone's listening from. Poland, every yes. I mean France, all over the UK, Germany, here, we Australia. Love it. It's super it's fun, fun for us to go online and see where people are listening. That's love right. it. So until later, I'm Laurie. And I'm Leslie. Thanks for listening. Sayonara. See y'all later. Bye.